Hey guys, welcome back. I'm gonna be a little bit quiet because people are sleeping around here. It's 1am in the student dorm, but I have with me today the best love couple in terms of casting right here. <laughs> Jidoza and Boulevard that are going to walk us through a bit what happened into the top 32 of NA and what can we expect. So how are you doing guys? I'm doing good. How are you, Doza? I'm, I'm doing pretty good. That's the first time I think we've uh, we've been called that. Uh, I think that is a first. <laughs> I have been called worse things though, so I think I think we're good. <laughs> I mean, we can call you an alien based on your camera right now, but that's for another day. Well, there's been a lot of action on in the in the NA server, so Boulevard. I know you are usually keeping up with the decks. So, what has been happening in terms of decks? What has been prevalent? Scion blew everything else out of the water. Uh, with 21 Scion decks coming into the top 32, the only deck that we have ever seen be more represented in the top 32 was Nasus, uh, which took the cake at 23, which I hope we never see again. Um, but then there's like this massive gap between Scion and the next most represented decks, which are like Lee Sin and Zigsburn, which I think it's a pretty expected meta. You know, there, there weren't really any big surprises coming out at the last second that topped. We even didn't have that much diversity in the decks that did top. There were only 17 unique decks, uh, really a lot less one-ofs than we typically see. So it feels like players have kind of, you know, figured out the meta that they like. The main thing that sticks out to me as well is um, there are a lot of decks that have topped every seasonal. Like, I think it was Overwhelm, Invoke. Draven, Ezreal, Lee Sin, and now Lee Sin is the only one that still holds that title. No Draven Ezreals, no Tribeams anywhere in the top 32. Alright, do we have any Dark Horse in that top 32? Devil decks. Um, there is one deck that I actually had to ask a couple of players about because I had never seen it before, and it is Fizz Zed, Bandle City, Ionia, Yordle, and Arms. And I sent this to a couple of chats and I was like, what is this? And they're like, this is just Fizzly Sin with Zed instead of Lee Sin. And I was like, okay, hate that. Really don't love that. A couple of people were like, hey, here's the version <laughs> that I was going to run. Um, it looked pretty similar, not quite exactly the same, but like it, it's an aggro deck. At least I think it's supposed to be. And then Eye of the Dragon is still in here because we were once a Lee Sin deck once upon a and like scattered pods in the deck, which I don't hate. You know, Yordles and Arms is your only slow card. You can go ahead and grab that. But like the deck looks so weird on the surface. And this the player's lineup is just insane because they also brought Bandle Tree. And you're right. There's a Fizz in this deck. They can't run Bandle Tree Fizz. So they brought one Ziggs, one Lulu, one other Yordle and called it a day and made top 32. And that's like the thing that definitely stands out to me the most is like an odd deck that I just like totally came out of nowhere for me. Okay, we're going to definitely look forward to that flair, but how, how about you though? Is there any deck that sticked out for you or then any deck you like? I know you are a burn fan. <laughs> um, well, yes, I'm not gonna lie. I do love me some Ziggs burn. Um, I've played that deck on ladder. It's very, very fun. and. You know, it's a very easy to play deck, so it doesn't surprise me that we're seeing a pretty good representation of it. But, so Draven Scion, that's the obvious one, right? Like, everybody kind of knew this deck's OP, everybody's going to bring it, and then we see the 22, like Boulevard said, thankfully not 23. But, um, Lee Sin, so Boulevard just mentioned Lee Sin, and this is a deck that every single time we see it, like, and it's, it's highly represented too. We have 12 decks in the top cut. This was the third most represented, actually tied second, most represented deck in the top 32 this deck is like nowhere 
until we get to the top 32. And then once the top 32 hits, everybody starts playing Lee Sin again. And it's always been like that from, from what I can remember in, in most tournaments. We don't see it pop up a lot until we actually get to the top cut. And then all of a sudden, everybody decides to, to use the high skill ceiling deck in Lee Sin and, and try to wreck with it in the top cut. And I, I think that's what is most interesting to me. Just about this deck in general. Lee Sin, it just keeps popping up in every single meta, but it's by no means an easy deck to play, and we only see it pop up in the top cut. I mean, yeah, it's the people's choice for some time now since Lee Sin has been emerging as a deck because you can control the, the board quite easily, have a lot of survivability, then you're turning into an aggressive deck on turn 7, 8, and then just kill people out. Pretty easy, but high skill level. But before we're actually talking about the players, I want that are making it. I want to ask you guys about players that you would have loved to see in the top 32 and that didn't make it. How, how about you, Boulevard? Who would you have wanted to see? I mean, Majin and Henneke are sort of like the golden boys of America's Rune Terrace seasonals. Like, you're going to expect them in just about every top yeah. cut. Majin really unfortunately had to drop out at six and one because of the delay from round seven. It made the tournament go too long. He had plans already that night that he couldn't cancel. So like he had to drop out at six and one. Henneke, I would imagine. Um, Noxus kind of sucks if you're not playing Burn or Draven Scion. And a lot of Henneke's power has been tied to like Draven Ezreal style decks in the past. So I don't know. Like Henneke might just have not played this season. Like might have just taken a little bit of a break. I'm not entirely sure, but Definitely missed that name from Top Cut. Mm. How about you, Jay Doza? Who would you have wanted to see in the Top Cut? Yeah, I, I got to agree with the Majin Bay because I, listen, I saw all the tweets and stuff um, about delays, and I know EU had some problems too. And it's very disheartening when, I'm not going to lie, when when something like that, when a ball drop leads to a player just not being able to to participate because they were expecting different time frames. Like that's all it was. Like he, he had another uh, prior engagement. So I, I got to go with Majin Bay. Cephalopod uh, not being in the top cut, that would have been nice as well. Unfortunately, not getting Cephalopod in the top cut. Um, it's always uh, another, you know, tournament name that we're used to seeing in basically every single tournament. Um, back in the early days, of the OLS, Cephalopod constantly top cutting the OLS. And then uh, I think Cephalopod still to this day has probably played in the most different tournaments across the entire tournament scene of, of any player in the in, uh, entire Legends of Terra. So. All right, now let's move forward to the, to the people that actually made it and we're going to go through a couple of names that are actually familiar to the people and let's say give them a rating or maybe a chance on winning this seasonal or making it far. And the first on my list is the sensation from the last one. <laughs> The one that got a lot of buys, the Death Note machine, Glop. <laughs> Glop, this is Glop's third or fourth seasonal top. And I think the furthest he's made it is top eight. I'm not like super familiar on like how far people tend to make it in top 32, but I think Glop has not put up the best results in terms of like getting out of the top 16. Um, but I don't know, you know, they seem to really have a grasp on what they're doing this time around. You know, went 8-0 instead of last time they kind of got memed on for going like 3-2 and two and then everybody dropped and they made it to a 7-2. and two. So like, Glop had to play the rounds this time. I, I definitely give him more chances than he did last time around, but I'm not, I, I, don't, think, I don't think he's going to take the whole thing. No, right. But we have another player that picked this, um, this game up casually and then they went on an OLS because then we are familiar with the scene and now he's making a little bit of ways. 
and that player is Kochua. So how are we rating Kochua, for example, J-Dota? <laughs> so Kochua, I mean, we've seen Kochua as well on just a lot of different tournaments in the past. Um, Kochua, I feel like will do pretty well. I'm not, I haven't been like incredibly impressed with Kochua's play in the past, so I don't think Kochua is going to do insane in this tournament, maybe out in the top 32 to be exact. Um, the bigger thing that actually stuck out to me in the top, and I actually mentioned this to Boulevard a little bit earlier, uh, Team FNX. So Team FNX for me as a whole, I think is going to make it far just because, I mean, they have odds. I mean, they have, what was it, like three or four players from Team FNX are in the top cut. So one of them's likely to, hopefully, I'm probably going to be eating my words. Uh, <laughs> next weekend, they all are out of the top 32. But um, they most likely, they sh somebody should make it pretty far. And honestly, we, Boulevard, we've casted FNX in the past as well. Yeah. And a lot of FNX. And very impressed with how they've grown as a team. I would not have put them as favorites before when we casted them previously in different, you know, South American leagues. Uh, but now, I mean, they've just, they've all grown as players, as a team. And I, I do think they have a really good shot to to make it far here in this top cut. Quick question, Kazman. Can we curse on this uh, stream? Is this like PG-13? <laughs> Leave it to Boulevard. Oh, Technically, yes. Practically, I would not refer to, but Boulevard right, did Dozen, the Boulevard you're things. you're out of your goddamn mind. <laughs> what in the hell are you talking about? Kochua is a 90% to win this tournament. That is an easy top five power pick if we're looking at power rankings. Kochua is cracked. I cannot believe that you would sleep on this man that hard. I can't believe you came up here and disrespected. This guy started playing the game in like June. What, oh, I'm going to enter a tournament. Wins the tournament. Oh, I'm let, let me play another one. He like XO day one and then dropped because he couldn't play day two. And he was like, yeah, I guess that would have been another tournament top. Then beyond the Bandlewood drops, where's Kochua getting second place with Draven Scion on the opening weekend because somebody brought a counter lineup before the builds were refined. Kochua is my favorite to take the entire tournament. I think my favorite for the entire tournament, I'm going to go with Loser Blue. Um, and actually, to be honest with you, I, I that was hard for me too. Because what am I is on this list, and we all know how much I love what am I. What am, what am I is I an easy zero percent chance to win this tournament. That dude's top like six insane. seasonals all right, whoa, whoa, and has you're never throw... gotten close to winning okay. a season. Whoa, 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 whoa. Winning no, you're gonna throw zero percent chance at ninety percent, and then yeah. what am I? You, you. I don't think you understand how percentages work. If Coach was ninety percent, that means the other thirty-one players have to fight for ten percent. And what no, am no, I get no, zero no. of it? Uh, no, no, no way. You crazy? That man has top two many seasonals and fallen out in top eight best i'm not confident in what am i winning the event maybe he makes it to top four finally when it doesn't matter but he's definitely not winning yeah i, I will say um as far as what am i is concerned definitely a little bit disappointed in the past with because what am i in the past first off has top cut a lot of seasonals but i feel like every time we talk about oh what am i like might be able to win this tournament great player Topped a lot of tournaments. At a certain past. point, we have to recognize yeah, like that it's a beat to like put yeah. it number one on your power rankings for a season. Exactly. Like when does it stop? Right. When when does it become instead of what? Either he win? eventually like he's going to break the ceiling and like yeah, yeah. at that at that time we will have underrated him and said oh you know like he's you know he's topped like eight seasonals he hasn't won any of them I don't think but he's going to win this zero, one. Zero like, zero percent. He's too good. He's too no matter how many zero percent. Coach about ninety percent. Everyone else can fight for the last ten. Oh, zero of it goes to what God. Look, disrespecting my look, boy what am i oh. what jordan is a boomer he takes a little bit of time to start the engine so <laughs> you know, actually it would it would be the most fitting if this is the seasonal that he wins the one that just like absolutely nothing's on the line he finally comes through and gets one yeah. like, 
no world's qualification, nothing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's like fresh off of a top four at Worlds, right? And like, you can't be that effective for that long all in the same meta, right? Yeah. Like, eventually, yeah. something like other people have to overtake you. Yeah, speaking of familiar faces, another familiar face that I do recognize in the top 32 is Dressart. And he has been putting up the performances in grassroots tournaments in Top Cut. So, what are our calls on Dressart? Drissoth's in the What Am I boat, where I think Drissoth is probably the best player without a tournament win. Um, he's got a couple of second places, but I'm pretty sure he has not been able to go all the way in any event. I mean, he's also fresh off of a second place at a Mastering Runeterra. Um, I think he had said that he was looking to test with Kochua, which is obviously going to grab him a couple percentage points. But uh, I think he's worried that they like tried to do the tiebreaker math, and he's pretty sure he has to play Kochua round one. So 0% for Drissoth. Did you just, man, you are all in on Coach Girl. If Coach all was in. out in the top 32, I'm coming for you, Boulevard. Uh, I, I hope not, because I already DM'd Levins. I'm like, look, I know you're doing those power rankings. Let me tell you about Coach you real quick. Let me bend your ear. Oh, my God. Now I'm curious to see where those power rankings end up with Coach with too. Um, yeah, Drizoth, I, I agree with Boulevard. Um, Drizoth, another great player. So, actually, so, like, comparing, let's say, to what am I, right? What am I outside of the seasonals has actually done fantastic. What am I has, what? won like god knows how many ols's back in the day i mean what am i has taken tournaments before drizoth not only hasn't you know taken a seasonal but has problems you know taking tournaments back and that's not to say drizoth's a bad player like 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 boulevard said second place top cut stuff like that top fours but um so i'm, I'm not super confident in drizoth's ability to take this one question i want to throw out there just to, to switch to a different person real quick do we know did tippy tip stream the whole thing on no delay again always Oh, I, I love that. I love that. It's like I, third I seasonal that. top and like, no delay on the stream. Dude, Don't. I just I want to I want to throw a shout out to Tippy Tips. Like I haven't personally talked to Tippy Tips too much, but every single tournament I see in his stream title, and me and me and Boulevard back in the day when we were doing this like on our own, like co-casting it on the side, we would always go to Tippy Tips because Tippy Tips was always streaming and it always on no delay. Shout out to Tippy Tips because that's just that's baller, man. That that is biggest great. coconuts in LOR Tippy Tips. Yeah, no Fs given, man. Just just doing it right. I appreciate that for sure. Don't you, don't you know the meme? TPT's ch yeah. chat carried, carried him to Seasonals twice now. Yeah. <laughs> oh, of course. It's all chat. It's, all, it's all chat. Yeah, it's always chat. And then when everything goes r wrong, it's not chat's fault at all. Yeah, that, that's how it works. Of course. <laughs> I mean, speaking of other familiar faces, we mentioned the Southeast, not the Southeast Asia. It, it's another seasonal. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> The South America. Are you gonna mention Black Boss? Are you gonna mention Black Boss? Yes, Black Boss and yeah. Hotamonda. <laughs> Black Boss. Do we? All right, Boulevard. I actually wanna. I wanna ask you about Black Boss yeah. because we've seen Black Boss in so many tournament top cuts. Same deal. Um, I've always. I'm just. It's so questionable. Like it, he's definitely a great player. Definitely has the capability of top cutting, but. We knew him in the past, I feel, for like those very innovative deck builds, like having some really weird tech choices. Like I'll, I'll never forget Subpersible in the, the Southern American leagues. Like he was the first person to really use that card. Um, I didn't really get to see his lineup from the top 32, but I, I feel like we haven't really seen as much innovation out of Black Boss as much lately. No, it's been a while since he's innovated anything, but I do really like Black Boss on aggressively postured decks, and his top was with Ziggs, Poppy, and Scion. I think those are two decks that fit his playstyle very well. And then his third deck was Lee Sin. And that one throws me for a loop, 
but I I don't think this is the first seasonal that Black Boss has topped with Lee Sin. Like he tends to play aggro, and then like he's also just got Lee Sin kind of sneaking in there. And I, I'm confident in the kind of lineup that he's brought, and like I think the meta suits him pretty well. I would imagine he's gonna swap over to Bandle Pirates for top 32. I'm a little there have been a lot of like South American players where I'm like, Bandle Pirates is the perfect deck for you, and then they just don't bring it to tournaments, and I'm like, okay sure um like black boss i i really see as like a good bandle pirates player but we'll see if he swaps over to that deck or not all right what are your predictions on black boss j um i still get like a top eight um i you know he probably more middle of the pack i'm honestly i have this funny suspicion and the, the reason why i think kochua won't go too far in this tournament either is you know casman you keep mentioning a lot of you know, names that we've seen before. There's Glop, there's Kochua, Black Boss, Spartan Enzo, even I've seen before in the, the LRA, Tippy Tips, we've seen a lot. But um, there is a lot, a lot of new names that I have not seen at all myself. I mean, One Kuro, Any, Hobbs, Dudu, De Nunu, which I love the name, by the way. <laughs> um, and so I think that with so many new names, we might actually see a lot of new faces in the uh, in the top four this time. Maybe like three out of four new faces. I mean, and that's secretly what I'm always kind of hoping for because I like seeing new people in the game, new faces. Um, so yeah, I I'd say like a solid top eight finish for Black Boss. I really wonder. Top eight sounds about right for Black Boss. Yeah. I really wonder where Arcado is. What happened? Did he not win against Cameron or something? <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, let's move forward to some other players. Well, let's keep track on this South America side and there's Hotamonda there and he's been winning a few things recently. He's been playing on other servers as well. He's been topping a fight night now. So what our predictions are on, on him? Jay Tamanda um, is not only not the best player in this tournament, not the best South American player in this tournament, I don't even think he's the best Argentinian in this tournament. That's got to go to Thomas Zamo 2000. Yeah, um, I agree. But Argentina's pretty freaking good at Legends of Runeterra, so like, I still got that <laughs> going for him. Um, I would say Jay Tamanda, pretty pretty strong contender for like top four, but I, I think he's going to fall to Thomas. Like I'm pretty sure Thomas has to go just a little bit further. You, you know why? Yeah. You know why he's not the best Argentinian? Because he's not Argentinian. He's Mexican. <laughs> yeah, he's living in Argentina. Okay, I was about to say, or, or the I other way around. I don't country, remember. I know there was a country tournament and he played for Argentina. Oh. oh. Yeah, that doesn't yeah, that doesn't surprise me. I, he actually um Jay Tamanda reached let me, out. Let me check his Twitter real quick. Let me see. He's got it in his bio. He reached out to me a while ago, actually, because Jay Tamanda also um cast. Mm -hmm. Um Especially, it was actually casting back when, you know, back in the, the back in my day when we started casting Legendary Terra. Um, so, James Bond has been in in the mix of things for quite some time now, but I, I do agree with Boulevard. I think that there's, like, all right, so if we use, like, FNX as an example, which I brought up earlier, right? There's a lot of Southern American players in here that I think are all good players. You know, they're they're all... They're all great in their own right, but they're they're not they're not spectacular like Boulevard said. Like Thomas Zamo two thousand to me is like a spectacular player. Like all the FNX people, there's what three or four FNX people that are in here, and I think as a team they have a pretty good shot. Just again because of the numbers, but I wouldn't necessarily put those like M fourteen FNX uh, Pimera and Las Russo. Las Russo is probably the name that sticks out to me the most in that. 
I wouldn't necessarily expect them to go too far. So with Jay Tamanda, it's it's kind of the same deal. He's he's a great player. Um, but yeah, I I don't necessarily see him being maybe like a top sixteen, but I again I would expect him out of the top thirty two as well. Mm-hmm. God, it feels so feels so I feel like I'm talking crap about players. I'm like, yeah, this guy sucks. He's gonna <laughs> be out of the top thirty two. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta um, make predictions. Half these players have to fall in the top thirty two. Yeah, I know. Like, it's just, you know, it is what it is. Some people are going to be out after the top 32. There's not really much we can I, do I got a question it, so. here for you, Doza, uh, if I may derail this a little bit. Who do you want to make it to the top four? Like, who's the player you look at this list and you say you deserve it? <sighs> Who did? Um, You know what? Storm. I just, okay. It's kind of a, a weird one to throw out there, but I have seen Storm since, like, closed beta, like, all over the place. This storms have been playing forever I, I don't even again i don't personally know storm i've never actually interacted i've seen them in uh different servers like rco and stuff like that but uh they've just been around a while and players like that especially because i like i know i've been here like you know pretty much since the beginning of the game um i just love to see players that have been here a while similarly to like new players right i love to see players that have been here since the very very beginning you I hate those middle of the road players. players. Yeah, you, you the middle, want the yeah. boomers and you want the zoomers. Yeah. You don't want those these are, millennial players. Because all the people in the middle are like friggin' they're like bandwagoners, right? Like they, they just jump on to have some fun <laughs> if, when a tournament. If you've been leave, here right? since TF Fizz meta, we hate you. <laughs> yeah, which nah. is um, uh, yeah, I think that's actually Majin Bay that you're talking about. He started <laughs> as seasonal started. So what I'm hearing yeah. is you just hate Majin Bay. Also started around then. So like Majin Bay or like what am I is like a millennial player. He's been playing for I think a little over a year or around a year. But you like these closed beta players and oh. you like people that started like two months ago. Majin Bay, I know started later, but I thought what am I's been around for a little longer than Majin Bay, I thought. I couldn't find anything on him for his player profile prior to like August, like end of Bilgewater. I'm just gonna go update that Wikipedia page for whatever. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I actually, um, I want to see Nulk Pass succeed. I feel like Nulk Pass has very quietly carried the torch that was left behind by Raptor, and no one's really picked up on that. We're like Nulk Pass. This is probably like fourth seasonal top. I think uh, fell in top eight a couple of times. Like I would love to see Nulk Pass get a top four. we cannot hear oh sorry about that oh of course i was rude um yeah another another person actually that has been that i just randomly saw here i didn't even realize they top cut uh flock so flock's actually so similar uh to storm flock been around for a very long time streams um i think flock actually gave a shot at casting in the very very beginning for like the lra scene and stuff like that but uh flock been very involved in the community since day one as well uh, as far I, as the, the South American community, so I don't think I've ever interacted with Flock, but like it was probably like a year ago at this point. I ran a Twitter poll and I was like, "Who is the best aggro player in Legends of Runeterra?" And I just got spammed by people being like, "It's Flock. Flock is the best <laughs> aggro player, hands down." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. And streams a lot, like I said. Like I constantly, if I load up the Legends of Runeterra Twitch, like Flock on there a lot of the time. So it would be it would be nice to see another streamer doing pretty well here. A name from previous season, very first season, as I hope J Doz is not gonna have anything against him because he's a fresh player, is Seku that made top cut once more. So, do we have any predictions on him? He has been playing for with Wombos for some time now. What are you feeling I, about him? I have been baited by my love for the Wombats in the past. 
um, because yeah. it is just a team where I love pretty much all of the players. <laughs> and I always, um, I think the best one that like the one that has put up the biggest performance was random. And like, I counted random out because I'm like, random's tendency is to just throw a game. And then he did it in the finals. And I was like, I expected him to do it sooner than that. He still <laughs> kind of gives me shit for giving him shit for that. But I was like, Hey, I wasn't wrong. Um, I'm, I'm not super big on Seku just because like I, I love the wombats too much I don't want that to like mask my and like my analysis of them I, I don't think Seku's making it past Seku might be my pick to like fall in top 32 yeah and, and Seku uh Canadian there uh another Canadian player making the top cut but yeah I I do agree I do like the wombats uh, you know what I like about Seku in this instance is Seku actually lost the first round 0-2 in the seasonal and i love i love when people like that when that happens and they're able to just bring it back and just win the rest of the day um i think that shows a lot of mental fortitude and it's funny too if you actually go to seku's twitter profile it literally says in seku's profile never leave home without your positive mental so uh i think that's uh perfect it literally proved the positive mental right there going oh two and then and then winning out the rest of the day so um, if anybody's going to stay positive throughout the thing and at least give it a shot at winning, it might be. It's what am I? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What am I? What am I? I will say is also another amazingly positive player. So, is anyone really not positive in this community? Is anyone flaming really hard? You want to talk about our world champion real quick? I knew. Uh, I know we're playing on the AM side of things, but. <laughs> That's I don't what... know what you're talking about. Alan, Alan's a great guy. Alan's, also, former uh, <laughs> seasonal champion Mo, outside of very specifically the champions interview that they did for him in this seasonal, like I don't know who that was that they got. They looked and sounded exactly like Mo, but the lines were way off. He was talking about let's all be positive and just never flame anybody. <laughs> it's it's if you've got nothing nice to say, say nothing at all. And I was like, they paid him extra. That? They paid him extra to say that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Because he's a figurehead in the community, like people follow him, so you know they they yeah they want to get the message out there. Good good call on the, on the part. So, <laughs> all right, we talked a bit about this guys, but what do we expect to actually top or make a performance in terms of decks in in this seasonal for Americas? So I was really big on Lee Sin Nami lineups. And I felt the most effective way to do that was to replace the Zoe in Nami with Tom Kench, uh, like Cephalopod did at, I think, the Mastering Rune Terra tournament a couple weeks ago. Uh, and only two players have topped with that kind of strategy. It was Sixlon with Lee Sin, Tommy Nami, and Riven Vi as the third deck, and then Loser Beam, who replaced the Zoe out of Lee Sin with Zed. So if we can get more players to make that adaptation, that's a lineup that I think is going to perform very well. I heard that um eu was like blown away by i think it was Lee Sin, nami and scion was like their big dark horse lineup that put a lot of players in so i'd like to see more players swap over to a strategy like that and just play the two best scion counters in the game and you know your third deck can be whatever you want it to be just something that has a positive matchup into scion could be darkness could be bandle tree depending on how you want to play it maybe that riven vi is something that other players will pick up on but that's just a strategy that i'd really like to see uh, everyone adapt to because they failed to do it miserably in the Cosmic Creation Seasonal Majin was the only player to swap over to Tom Kench and Ophelios and he won the seasonal for it. So I'd like to see everybody learn from that a little bit and and make that adaptation. I don't I don't know about I don't know about Dark Horse. I don't think that's a Dark Horse lineup, but I think that I think I mean nobody brought lineup. you know Lisa, Nami, and Scion in America. It's like it's the third deck is kind of elusive, but apparently Europe said the third deck is Scion. It's 50-50 into Scion. Yeah. That's as good as you're gonna get. But I, I also feel like 
because I, I don't necessarily disagree, right? Because I think Leeson and Nami in the same lineup is, is definitely a threat. But it, I feel so dirty even saying that because, like, I like it's just two so like just combo decks that are just so degenerate. <laughs> like it's just someone's I'm gonna, gonna wait that and go off, and whoever high rolls it the hardest is gonna win the tournament. I, well, yeah, gonna like there's gonna be eight people that lose in top thirty two because they didn't draw their champions, but we well, only need like, one. Well, like I so again, so I feel like I don't know if Nami's exactly like Lee Sin, so feel free to stop me if I sound stupid, and I know Boulevard has no problem doing that. Oh no, so, I'll let you go. The public's gonna hear this. So if you want to, if you want to make an ass out of yourself, you can be my guest well, right now. So Lee Sin, we've always talked about uh, the skill ceiling is so high in Lee Sin because it's about how good you play the deck when you don't draw Lee Sin, right? When you have yeah. to wave out the entire game. And, and it seems like you're at one health, the game's over, but you still take it back. We've seen that a lot. Nami doesn't necessarily have that capability for as much sustain as Lee Sin does, but I feel like it's similar in a sense that you really are just biding your time until you get Nami. So if there are people that bring that lineup, like you mentioned, Boulevard, Lee Sin, Nami, and Draven Scion, it's going to be, like, you You have to be a very skillful player, I think, to manage that lineup properly and actually do well in this tournament. Otherwise, you're just going to get bodied by people that are playing more consistent, more, like, low-to-the-ground, honest decks that aren't just yeah. trying to 20-0 to zero you in one turn. So, uh, but yeah, I feel so dirty agreeing that Lee Sin and Nami is going to be good. I And normally, I'm the first one to be like, burn, baby. Like burn, baby, burn. Like let's let's do well, it. Like, so like Vandal Pirates, all that stuff. But no, there was so. another lineup that was performing very well in the weeks coming into the seasonal. It was Sivir, Akshan, Plunder, and Ziggs Poppy. That won two Mastering Rune Terra tournaments, and just like sh Plunder was only a one of represented here. You just bring three decks that like hard lose to Scion, and you soft target the Nami lineups. And if you you know if you think that a lot of players are going to be swapping over to Nami to counter all the Scion that's in top thirty two. Maybe that's a line that you go since you're planning on banning out the Scion anyway. Something like that could really like upset the tournament. And I love when those massive lineup changes come in and players get rewarded for it. So that like I'm really looking for some of that. I feel like Sivir Akshan is just like I don't necessarily think it's terrible, but I think people are just kind of sick of Sivir Akshan. <laughs> it's it's a hard deck, so and I think the matchup charts that I saw has it as like a 30% win rate into Scion. Like yeah, it's, it's not, not good. Well, and then but, look, at, look at like Scion's win rates. It literally yeah. has like a good Scion's matchup. Every the deck. Yeah. So why play something? And well, even, even something like Lee Sin and not like Nami has a, a super good win rate across the board too. So why bother playing something like Sivir Akshan when you just have by the numbers, better chances versus most of the decks, if you're playing something like Nami and, and Draven Scion. So I think here's a dark horse, which is All a right. known dark horse, but it's a dark horse. Shell folk. I think that that's another incredibly hard deck to play, I think. But I I don't know. Like I feel like somebody might impress with Shellfolk. I mean, it's 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 a it's when it goes off, it goes off hard and can take Production, please can we disconnect Jadoza from Copium? He has a too big of a dose. <laughs> I'm looking at these Ziggs burn and these Bandle Pirates like, yeah, bring Shellfolk, buddy. I dare you. Um, especially if players are gonna like try to just bring like triple aggro to either like beat out the Scion or oh, so like Scion usually beats aggro. Like the matchup charts are just cracked there for some reason, but Nami doesn't. And I think a lot of it's gonna come down to like, are we all just looking to soft counter Scion because everybody brought Scion, or are we looking to like, you know, maybe take it a step further? Everyone's gonna swap over to Nami, let's soft counter the Nami. Because when we've seen dominated formats like this in the past where like you have a deck that puts over 20 of it into the top cut um players just still bring it and players still just win the tournament with it that's what happened with tf fizz 
it, it was a little different with um empires of the ascended like everybody brought you know nasus and lissandra those were the two big decks and then the finals was like a deep mirror so it, it's kind of hard to say i think that we are going to see like two counter lineups in the finals but that might still include scion to a degree okay so actually you guys are throwing bird in my face all right i i feel you i get it because you deserve it, it. Right? Hope. but so how, so then what do you guys feel dark like how do you guys feel about darkness you should not have brought darkness to this tournament unless you are confident you can beat scion with it and i do n i think yeah. there are a lot of darkness players that lost in swiss because they beat their testing partners on darkness and their testing partners are not the best players in the world and then they got bodied by good players on scion yeah I, i'm not i'm not crazy about dark i like the archetype in general i think it has a cool play style uh, unless your I, name is yamato or you're not playing in asia <laughs> nah yeah. nah well we are going to see but before closing these things out i want you guys to share some of your Maybe one of your favorite moments from this is not because you have been on the broadcast with you have been watching this for a long time now. So tell us that. And after that, we're going to get a very special shout out from a very special person in this interview. You know who it is already. <laughs> so Jay Doza, what would have been your most interesting or the moment that you enjoyed the most throughout this season? Because you have been through some now. <laughs> Um, I, what's the, what do I, that's a tough question. I mean, I, well, okay. You know what? I, I will, I don't necessarily, can I, I'm going to go the opposite. Cause I, I really feel, I want to get this message out there. Um, can I go the opposite? Can I say like, what did I, what did I not like about the season? <laughs> can I do that? Is that, about it? Is that okay? Is that okay? Go ahead. Um, it's your interview. Why the hell not? Well, the, 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 well, and, and listen, I'm the first one to usually be positive about shit, but like I, dude, the delay was was uh, was so the, the fact and, and it was expounded because of I thought of, like, you were gonna talk about Jason Florent losing the last feature <laughs> match of the day for like the fourth season oh, was, and was, going to like a you know just you bubbling know I mean? out. He literally makes it to the last game every single time. I swear to God, he's been the last feature match for at least three seasonals and we as, have to watch him he, bubble every time and he won game one this time and we were like go jason and then just has he has he gotten like 17th is it official he's gotten like like or sorry not 17th 33rd place like is that a thing no he's gotten no. like 50th place because 33rd through 50 is reserved for people with seven and two records that are high on ladder oh for okay replacement yeah, yeah okay yeah <laughs> um yeah, I don't know. I, I just because overall, I think I mean there was a lot of great moments to to really peg a single one there. But the only thing that really stuck out to me, unfortunately, is the delays. Like it's the only thing I can think of when I think back to the season, which is really unfortunate. But look, there um, I'm really yeah. <laughs> I'm there, really hoping that there was a guy that forgot to press a button for several times yeah. and several rounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he fell asleep. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, yeah, that's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, my favorite was, so because uh, I, I just got done writing a recap article about the feature matches for Wisdom, and at one point, it, it was Loser Beam's feature match in like round seven, and my, my write-up on game two was Loser opened Zoe and Nami. 2-0. And that was it. That was my entire feature for the game. That was probably my favorite moment. It was just like, kind of like the amount of memeing that we got to do on the format, because like we've been in this meta for so much longer than normal ones because like we had worlds qualifiers then we had worlds and like all of that has been in the same meta with no balance changes in between um so you know it's just been kind of fun to like watch the evolution of that and 
Uh, I mean, even now, like there's 22 Scion. I would eat my hat if any of them played the same 40 cards. So, so, so Kasman asks us what our favorite moment is. I say what my most disliked moment is, and then Boulevard still manages to find a way to talk about himself. So. Always. <laughs> Always. I talked about losing. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Kasman. <laughs> Well, we don't no get recognition problem. for the community we gotta do it ourselves <laughs> exactly uh, well it's been a blast to have you guys around and before we're ending you guys you might see this interview on youtube you might see it on the mastering room terra side because it might appear out there but before we end we are going to have a very special sponsor a representative from the non-biased shout outs boulevard go to your thing <laughs> oh, absolutely. Shout out to Boulevard, baby. I can't believe you're crushing it. That seasonal was like eight hours, and you watched all of that so you could write a recap article on it, get it turned around on the next day. That's talent, baby. You're crushing it. T tough life Boulevard has watching video it's games. It's been so hard hours. for me, but so I persevere. <laughs> it's really just inspirational. All right. Awesome takes, shit talks, everything. You had this interview and probably in the future seasonal interviews to come. Thank you guys for being around. Thank you guys for watching. So... See you next time.